Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Zoobcast. This is episode 68, and uh, and the season is, is getting down to it. We're in, the, we're in the last handful of games here, NHL season. Um, the Sens. Uh, oh, the Sens. They've, they've, uh, they've been stumbling. Sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, the well, I'm here with, with Louie fallen. and Josh, by the way. We're all, <laughs> we're all here. Yeah, they, the mighty. Were they mighty? Well... Uh, they were. I don't know, man. You don't remember that Columbus game? That was pretty mighty. Ignore yeah, the strength great, of the opponents. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the Sens, uh, yeah, the Sens have been losing, and uh, they they have a as of today. We're recording this on what is today, Monday or Tuesday? Tuesday. Tuesday. They have a zero point one percent chance, according to Money Puck, to make the playoffs. They have to make up six points in five games and have the tiebreaker, think... which I don't know if they have. I say they do it. I say and they, do it. they have to make up five points on Florida. They have to be ahead of both. Well, they play them, so that's two points. That's two points. Okay. Even so I anyway. was going off last episode about how we were gonna make it, but now even I'm not. Okay. So well, yeah. If Josh, if Josh is off the bandwagon, it's dead. It's, it's dead. the dream is here's the, the thing. The dream is like, dead. We don't have to recap every single game that went on because there was some. No, we're not doing that. I think they should have beat Toronto. They played well. Yep. Yeah. I think they. Could have beat. I mean, like, I think if they beat Toronto, the Columbus game feels different, right? Because it yeah, felt like the agreed. season was over. And that's three extra points. All of a sudden, their odds are probably five percent instead of zero point one percent. True, right? but whatever. I, uh, like, I feel like they don't lose that in OT if they know that that extra point means so much more. I think we. I I agree. We shouldn't go into each of the games here, but I think there are some overarching uh, headlines. I hate to do this to our. Our guy wreck it. Uh but good lord Cam Talbot is stinky. Good he been god terrible. He has been beyond bad in the last is, it, it literally coincided with when the report came out that he wanted five million a year or two. Yeah. <laughs> the timing could not have been worth for him. It was so great. He uh like that that game against Philly was 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 awesome. I didn't watch it, I was working. But I was following it on Twitter, and I listened to the post game. Uh, yeah, that was during the sixty seven game. Yeah, it was during, I, it was during I, the I missed most of that. Yeah. So sixty so sevens, by the way, shout out. They're two and two and zero yes, in the first of their series. There. Yeah. We like don't uh, even have to cover more. it because we just know they're gonna go. They're gonna move on. Well, but yeah, that, that, that Florida game was uh, that Philly game. Sorry, was funny because I was at well, you guys know I was at Noah's. Um, yep. Our friend Noah's from uh, shout out Boston Kachuk as well. Um. Yeah. And so we watched the Jays game, because that was Jays opening day. We'll talk about some baseball on here. But we stayed for the Sens game, and he made a bet. Uh, he, he bet that Cantalo would make 25 saves. No, so we were laughing, because they had six shots through two periods. <laughs> and then I they believe... start getting a couple shots in the third, and they're going in. So he's not even getting the saves tallied up. He's just getting the shots against, which don't matter for him. He made seven saves in the game, by the way. Yeah. So I believe Cam Talbot posted... A 636 save percentage yeah. in that game. Uh seven goals or seven saves on eleven 
shots against the Flyers, against the Philadelphia Flyers. Of they didn't even have a coach. The Tortorella wasn't even there. He wasn't even behind the bench. They didn't oh, have a coach that game. We should talk about how Nick Delorier fought two guys on the same play. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that. That was great because you weren't watching. I, I completely missed but, that. You didn't. Oh, oh. That was funny. So I saw, I saw one Watson of them. Fought. Guess who won? Yeah. No way it was Watson. Guess who was? No, no, no way. Uh, and then Delory <laughs> is on his way to the penalty box, and Castellick follows him, and Castellick just drops his gloves, and they start punching, and then the rest yeah. just broke him apart because you can't do that. And they both got ten minutes. I think they both got kicked out. I don't know if it was just no, a misconduct. The, the, I think they the got games for it. Was the 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 scoreline on that was funny because Nick Delorier got a ten got minute 10 penalty for, yeah. for fighting, which I've never <laughs> seen before. Yeah, that was good. And and I think he might have got. But Debrinket uh, fought. He yeah. absolutely clocked Faraby. Like he was. Yeah, he held his own punches. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that they, was. And, and I was listening like, to the. I was listening to the TSN twelve hundred post game show after that mm-hmm. game. Shout out TSN twelve hundred post game show. They made a point that was not Debrinket's first fight he's fought before four yeah it was he's one four so he knows what he's doing the cat yep i mean i'm sure so. he picks his opponents wisely yeah probably i think he's going out there fighting like radko gudis or something i don't know um but like if i think if uh i think if talba had a good game there we would have talked about that as like the most dominant win of the season like that, yeah, the shots were like 45-11. Come on, it should have been a 6-0 game. They were also playing against watch... a goalie with a 2-10-2 and record. It, it was funny to watch <laughs> that game being at the 67s game. I, I was there, Louie was there, I was there working the game. And the shots in the 67s game after the first <laughs> period were, I believe, 20 to nothing for the 67s. And, yep. and I'm like, oh my Reminds god, this is that. outrageous. And I'm, I'm scrolling Twitter in the intermission on my break. And, and the, people on said Twitter are like, I can't like the shots at the Seds game are like 17 to four. Like I've never seen anything like this. And I'm like, Oh my God, how is this happening at the same time? Like what is going on? Anyway, the, uh, the flyers scored a bunch in the third period. None of them were particularly good goals and they force overtime. And then Debrinket scores on a funny play that was an L for Sandstrom, even though he that was, was really very good much that a two, game. 10 and two goalie play. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he was on the rest of the game. He was real good, I heard. Sandstrom. Yeah. He was holding yeah, the hand a little bit. Played really well. But you know what? So last three games, the Sens are averaging about 18 shots against per game. And this kind of brings us to our next talking point. Tyler Clevin has played three games. Yeah. A little bit of correlation there. He's actually, I think he's played really well. He's definitely exceeded my very low expectations. I don't know about you guys. There you go. I'd yeah. agree. I mean, he, he was, wasn't yeah. he leading the, uh, the, like, well, in the first game, he was like last on the team in terms of expected goal share, but in the most recent game against Columbus, I think he was first, wasn't he? At five on five, anyway. Yes. For, so yeah. yeah. So I don't know who who tweeted this. If you're listening to the podcast, apologies. It may have been Everyday Sens tweeted his splits with and without Nick Holden, and with Holden, <laughs> he's got 17 percent expected goals, I think, and without him, he's got like 75 percent expected goals in about How the same that, sample, like 15 minutes with, 15 minutes without. Yeah, probably a lot of it. And I honestly, I think that should be the third pair next year if Clevin keeps it up. Like he's doing a good job. He's doing something the Sens are lacking on the bottom pair, which is rush defense. Him and Brandstrom, I think rush deep. Like that would be a really good depth pair to force dump ins. And if Clevin can improve a bit on like getting the puck out or letting Brandstrom at least go in to retrieve the pucks, that could be a really effective bottom pair. It's not even low event because Brandstrom can help out offensively too like he can at least move the puck up and get some chances 
but we'll see. Like, if Hamannick's coming back, obviously a lot of people think he will. He has a pretty, from what I believe, a pretty severe injury. I don't know how long it's going to take him to recover. Um, that, which was a freak. That, that also happened in the Flyers game, by the way. I don't know if yeah. you guys saw the injury. Like, I don't know. If, you can call it dirty if you want, I guess. Kind of, guy kind of stuck his knee out. Hamannick had already shot the puck. Um, it didn't look like much, but it doesn't sound like he'll, he would be, like, had they made the playoffs, I do not believe he would play in any. Like, even if they went to the cup final, I don't know if he would have been back for that. Yeah. Um, and don't know how long. long. I'm no doctor, but yeah. And on the topic of the Flyers game, speaking of injuries, uh, poor Derek Broussard. That was a tough one for him uh, on in that Flyers game. I don't know if we got the official diagnosis. I'm going to assume that's a broken leg, the way that it looked. Um, it says at, fibula. Or fibula. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, he it, it, I really six hope. Six to eight weeks, apparently. Which is really, I really crazy. hope it's not the end of his. I really hope it's not the end of his career because that's a tough way to go out. I um, think he'd work in the sense front office if he yeah, well, does retire. Well, we'll see. And and the other thing I wanted to say is is you talked about uh, the uh, the Clevin splits. I think that's a pretty good <laughs> indicator that we're we're done with Nick Holden. I yeah. love Nick Holden. He's I a great love, guy. He was yeah. he was for for the era of the Sens that he was a part of. He was excellent. And and I'm very happy that he was on the team, and I will have I will have fond memories of Nick Holden. It is time to move on from Nick Holden. We don't need any more Nick Holden. Thank you for your service, soldier. I wish you best of it's, luck in like anywhere else. It is genuinely crazy because for the first fifty games of the season, he actually looked decent because he was playing with Brandstrom the whole time. Like Brandstrom made him and look like too. actually yeah. decent. Yeah, and his stats with yeah his stats with and without. Branstrom are just crazy. He's got like fifty eight percent expected goals with him and like forty three without him. Actually, I actually don't know. It's, if it's definitely Branstrom, but it's low. It's really low. Branstrom is a big part of it, but I also think it's just his play has just dropped off. Like when when he was even yeah. last year, he was not this bad. Like I thought he was, was fine he was last year, pretty serviceable last year, and then this year it's and just he's playing the right side, story. right, as a lefty, which is important a bit. Yeah, I mean it's pretty evident. Holden has lost a step. Like just looking at it, last year he was around. 80th percentile in the league in terms of preventing the uh, the opposition from entering the zone and now his speed has dropped off so much that it's nowhere near his strength like he's below average easily yeah i don't think there's room for him next year if hamannick's coming back as, as the number seven holden would be at best the number eight and that blocks off jbd who doesn't have is isn't waiver eligible by the way yeah right. i think like that's another guy you talk about like i feel like jbd should be the seven next year Right, because he has mm-hmm. to stay in the in the NHL, he should be the first guy up for an injury. But if they're bringing back Hamannick, then I don't think Hamannick's coming in and accepting a number eight D man role. Right, staying in the press box for seventy five games a year. Um, but I think the injuries. So Sanderson went down last game, but he came back. But Shabbat and yeah. Shikran haven't been here for a while. That really shows that they need to keep Brandstrom because he's like the only guy they have who can jump into the top four effectively. He's also just so, playing really well. Like they should keep him. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they can get him at like two and a, two to two and a half, right? You don't want to pay three and a half million for a third pair D man. But if they could get him, even if you have to go shorter term, like I think their big window right now is making it next year and making it deep. Like they have two years, right, with Giroux and Chikrin under contract. I think that's where they have to focus. So if you can get Brands from like two and a half times two. I think that really sets up your decor for the next two seasons. Yeah, like you can talk about the window. We we'll do like a like a season recap episode at some point. And yeah, talk more about that. But 
the playoffs are incredibly important next year. And I think everybody knows that. Uh, so maximizing what you have, uh, very important. So we talked about Clevin, uh, the the rookies are are coming a plenty all of a sudden uh for the Sens uh a couple of moves today on Tuesday they're playing Carolina in about five hours and they called up Igor Sokolov not Angus Krikshank sorry Lewis and they they also called up their seventh their seventh well yeah I guess he was already called up but like the seventh goalie is gonna play for the Sens now this season. Marilyn. I mean, he most... has a 1,000 in the AHL. You have it's to true. In, in North it's American pro hockey, he's never let in a goal in his career. So that's really... that's. Thank big. you for saying pro, because he did let out well, a lot of goals in the... I, this is, this, I'm aware of this. But um, he, he played really, really well at the end of the year in the Liga, yeah. which I think I talked about it on like on the Zoomcast, how I think like Euro goalies are lapping Canadian goalies right now, just because they're actually playing in really good leagues. So that's really promising. He didn't play any playoff games for some reason. I'm not sure if it was an injury or they just didn't trust a young goalie, but he was getting shutout after shutout after shutout to carry them to the playoffs there to end the year in uh, February, I think. So yeah. hopefully that's, you know, if he turns something around, he finished with a 918 at 20 years old in a top five league in the world. Like, that's really good. I so. think it's going to be interesting to see how people react to this because i think for this year at least mad sogard has been lauded as goalie of the future like we're we're our mad sogard's getting us to the playoff mad sogard's gonna win us a cup this, if this guy marilinen who has been like you said josh he's been unreal in finland and he comes over plays his first game in north american pro hockey and gets a shutout like i know yeah. the sample size is not exactly large but if he comes up here and has a real good game against against the carolina hurricanes who are excellent I don't know. I think that might turn some heads a little bit. I'm really interested to see how he does. Uh, Levi Merrill. Yeah. But- I've seen people talking about getting a goalie next year. And obviously we'll talk about this in the offseason even more. I yeah. say I wouldn't be opposed to going and getting a goalie, but I think you also wouldn't be terrible if, if you know that Forsberg can be healthy to start next year. Having Forsberg as a starter and, you know, having a competition in camp between Maryland and Sogard for the backup. And then whoever loses it is the starter in Belleville. And they can always go up and down throughout the season, right? If one's struggling, I feel like that wouldn't be the end of the world. But yeah. that depends on if Talbot's uh, double ACL surgery went well, and he, uh, or I don't know if he got surgery, but double ACL injury uh, is yeah. healed and, in time for October. And we've talked about it so much on the podcast, Louis and I, especially like Forsberg deserves to be the starter next year, no question. Yeah. Uh, and the question is, are you going to get a backup? Are you going to trust Sogard, or are you going to get like a one A? Um, and like you said, we will talk about that. So we'll we'll see how that sorts also, out. Yeah, like we haven't seen Forsberg a single game in front of the new look decor. Yeah, like he's been playing in front of. Has he? Did he? He got injured before Zaitsev got traded. Like this guy I, hasn't played I, yeah. in front of a semi-competent decor in his three. What what are we? Two and a half seasons in Ottawa. Like yeah. he played very well in front of a bad decor. I'm excited to see what he can do in front of structure. We'll see about a new like. We've talked about defensive structure under DJ all year. I would assume under new ownership, there's a new coach, right? So that, like, I'm pretty excited for him as long as the injury isn't going to hinder his ability to move around and stuff. One thing I will say about Forsberg is that in this system, he's faced a lot of quantity and quality. Like, he's top 10 percentile in the league in terms of shots and expected goals faced against per game. But that has allowed him to be very good. Like, he's been very good under the system. So maybe, if anything, some 
a system like this with a high level of activity has been pretty good to him in terms of letting him get set and be warm more often. So it will be interesting to see how it works out if it if he does play or when he does play, I guess, with a new set of defense and maybe with a different defensive system if there's new coaching coming around. You, you, okay, you just brought something up and I want to talk about, this is not on, on the planner here, but I want to talk about this briefly. Uh, I'm going to try to find it. I, I posted a poll on the Zoobcast here it is. I posted a poll on the Zoobcast about a week ago, and it says the consensus among fans is that as soon as new owners come in, DJ Smith will be fired. Uh, what is the chance, like putting his performance aside, do you think the new owners give DJ Smith a chance starting the next season as head coach before making a decision about his future? And 30% of the people said yes, and 60 or whatever, 70-ish percent of the people said he would be fired before. Uh, do you think, like... Do you think he's going to be starting? Like, I, I don't know. I'm starting to, like, I if it were me, I don't know if I want DJ Smith as my head coach next year. But I'm starting to come around to the idea that, the, the like, realistically, the owners might give him a chance to, to at least prove himself under a new regime. No? I, I think a lot of the research that ownership because potential ownership isn't just like here's a hockey team let's buy it really they're looking at how the fans what the fans like how to win over fans like i think they talked about it like ryan reynolds and remington have been doing a lot of research into how to win over the fans as quickly as possible so if you know that like you said 70 percent of the fans i guess that poll didn't ask if he should be fired i saw another poll I think it was after the Columbus game, so emotions may have been high, but 93% of people said DJ should be fired in the offseason. Right. Yeah. So if you're trying to win over the fans quickly, keeping a coach that is very disliked in terms like people understand that he's good for the players, but people also understand he's not going to bring this team to the playoffs unless he has like the most stacked roster ever and yeah. no bad players to get his hands on and put in the line at 20 minutes a night. But yeah. If a t- if an owner's coming in and trying to win over the fan base, I think that's a move that you make to win over the fan base. Is you f- you may fire DJ or maybe even if he wants an assistant coaching job, maybe I don't know, and then you bring in a big name coach that people like. That is a I think that's a really big way. We haven't had a like when's the last time we had a big name coach? Jacques Martin. Jacques Martin or br- maybe Brian. Right. Marie. So yeah, I, yeah, that's fair, but. I think that's a, that's the type of move that can try and win over the fan base early. And I, I do think it comes down to to um, who the owner becomes. Um, if it's an owner that already has ties into hockey, he may want to hire someone he's familiar with. If it's an owner like the Remington group that has no ties to hockey, well, then maybe, yeah, they're not as sure, and maybe they would keep DJ. I don't know. But it could be entirely dependent on who the owner is, really. I just hope he's gone, to be honest. To be completely so, frank. Yeah, we'll we'll keep tabs on that throughout the offseason, see what happens. Louis, let's get you in here because we mentioned Sokolov and we know that you 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 have made your feelings clear in previous episodes of the Zoopcast who you think the first call up should be, and I don't think anybody's surprised at who that is. Um, but putting your putting your personal bias aside, uh, are you excited to see Sokolov, who is Belleville's leading scorer, and uh do you think he's gonna do anything <laughs> with the big glove here against Carolina? No, uh, no, I honestly, <laughs> yeah. I, I, th- I still think it's a good recall. Listen, Sokolov has, again, more points than Angus. Like, I, not that it's really a competition or anything, but I haven't been able to scout as many Belleville games just because, I don't know, the, the team has been rather poor this year, and I haven't really been that motivated to, especially given the, how good, you know, the 67s have been and 
how increasingly watchable the Sens have been this season too, uh, whether for better or for worse. Um, but yeah, no, he, he'll be a good addition. Listen, the whole bottom six right now is kind of a shit show, given the injuries, given the weird scratching of Gauthier, no matter the situation. Yeah, I feel like we I, haven't seen him in weeks, Gauthier. I, I don't get that. Like, he seems like a player that this coaching staff would absolutely love. Like, he's a great checker. It was, it was so strange. Big. It was like they got him. And people were like, oh, I don't know about this guy. And then he played and people were like, oh, he's good. And then they benched him and didn't play him anymore. <laughs> it's it was the like weirdest the progression I've ever seen. opposite of what we would have all expected, basically. Just yeah. given, given yeah. the stylistic profile, it felt like it would have been the other way around. But honestly, I've really liked him when he's I, been in the lineup. Agreed. I don't know why Gambrell is getting these opportunities. Like, Goate seems like the guy who can move up. Okay, the get, get Adam started on Gambrell. Listen, listen, yeah, listen. Yeah, let's go, let's go, let's go. Dylan Gambrell has been cooking lately. No. He has been I, watchable. No, he hasn't. Lately. You just see yes. him more because he's on the second line. No, I think he's been better. <laughs> In the games that I've watched, Listen, I Listen, this watched is the same guy who was such a big Tom Fyatt fan, all right? Of course he's yeah. fallen in love with And he was players. an effective player in his role with that team. All right, all right, Guy Boucher, let's relax now. You know what's okay. funny? Okay, I just pulled up Dylan Gambrell's card in my player cards here. Guess what his number one similar style is? Actually, top two are Nate Connor Thompson... McGavin. Yes, Nate Thompson <laughs> and Curtis Lazar. Just so they're... you're aware. <laughs> okay, everyone loves Curtis Lazar. He's great. What about Nate Thompson? Let's move on to the next. Uh, <laughs> did topic. I did I tell you I've seen someone with the Sens Nate Thompson jersey? Yeah, at you showed before. me that picture. You sent a picture to me. That's unreal. Ridiculous. That's Jersey Hall of Fame or or Hall of Lame. Hall of Fame or Hall of Lame for the Nate Thompson Sens jersey. I don't know. Mm. It's interesting. I, I, I think it suggests that you have a lot of money or close ties to yeah, Nate Thompson. Yeah. It's yeah, going around yeah. like, I need one jersey. Who is it? It's Nate Thompson. No, that's like, I have every single NHL or any, every single Sens jersey. Maybe I he think. was like a big fan of Nate Thompson's game. Like he just liked watching him. It's like when you go to like Nobody. a 67s game early in the season, there's this kid who's never played before. No one really knows. And you see someone with this, with his jersey. It's like, okay, so this is his parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, that's exactly uh, the type of situation. Okay, we've spent far too long on Nate Thompson here, so let's uh, and on the sense, really. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I agree. Like, let's keep you on track. So, what a segue! So, so, oh, Josh, beautiful. Yeah, go, go, go on, Josh. In in some, Sokolov is going to play and it's fun. Marilyn is going to start and it's fun, and uh, the sense kind of suck, and we'll move on. So, the playoffs are soon, and there's a good chance the sense aren't going to be there, but there's still a lot to be decided in both conferences. And so for the rest of this episode, we are going to not predict series. That'll be next week, probably. But we are going to to try to figure out what the matchups are going to be, who's going to get in, uh, and what the playoffs are going to look like in a week or so, two weeks' time. Uh, you guys want to start? You guys want to go east or west first? You can decide. East or west? I say east. Okay, yeah, let's do east. So here's what... Opinions. Here, here's where we're looking oh, in the God. East right now. I'm just going to give you the, the the rundown, and then you guys can can go right in. So in the Metro, Carolina's first. They have 107 points. The Devils are second. They have 104 points. The Rangers are third. They have 101 points. In the Atlantic, Boston is Boston. Toronto is second. They have 100 points. The Lightning are four behind at 96. Uh, so we know that Toronto-Tampa is set. And other than that, there's a lot in the air. So the wild card race right now, it's the Islanders and the Penguins in the two spots, 87 and 86 points. Florida is right behind at 85. 
And the Sabres have 81 with two games in hand on Pittsburgh and Florida, three games in hand on the Islanders. And then the Sens, one point behind that. Okay, okay, Louis. All right, okay. Ignore games played. <laughs> I think, okay, so we already know Toronto Tampa's set. To me, it looks like Carolina's three points ahead with a game in hand. I think they're going to win the Metro. Louis, yeah. do you agree? Yeah, I think, I think that's so. pretty much so. We'll say and they, and they have to play the Sens. They have two games against the Sens, so those are two auto wins for them. Mm, they're probably going to rest everyone for the second one, <laughs> unless they I haven't clinched. First, As if that's but... going to change the outcome, Josh. Yeah, come on. Yeah, they have yeah, Stefan sure. Nason. Watch out, he's not getting arrested. <laughs> um, so yeah, ironically, New Jersey, New York. Good. Yeah, I know New Jersey, New York seems pretty set. Rangers, that is obviously there's a big gap between the Rangers and the Islanders. I I don't know if there's a hot take. And this could be my anti-Islanders bias. I think the Islanders missed. Listen, they're two points up on Florida, and Florida has a game in hand. Do they play each other at all? Pittsburgh? No. No, Here's New York's last four games. Tampa, Philly, Washington, Montreal. That is four losses right there. (laughs) They have two layups. But, like, Florida (laughs) plays Buffalo, Ottawa, Washington, and then Toronto, who has nothing to play for at this point in the season. And Carolina, last day of the season, who could be resting, guys, if they've clinched. I think Florida could make it, and I think Florida could make it as well for one, to be honest. I think Florida-Carolina on the last day of the season could be a first-round preview. What do you guys think? Do you agree? Although Pittsburgh's schedule is New Jersey, Minnesota, and then Detroit, Chicago, Columbus. I was just... Oh, hmm. wow. That's interesting. (laughs) Wow. I was just, just about you know to what's say, funny about sorry, Louis kind of poop recently. I don't know. Go on, go on, Adam. I was just gonna. I was just gonna say, how funny is it looking at those schedules and seeing what the Sens have had the last t- like two weeks to deal <laughs> yeah. with? Like, are you kidding me? Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Go on. I don't know. I feel like Pittsburgh could be the team to miss here. Like, I agree with Louis. Pittsburgh. Really? Yeah, I agree with Louis. Listen, if they've been. This might just. I just be... hate the Islanders. Let's be honest. And you don't hate the Penguins? Where have you been? Whoa. Yeah, what? I dislike the Penguins, but I just the, the Penguins aren't like I have nothing to tell me like oh you should cheer for Crosby Malkin in the playoffs. Tell me who I should cheer for on the Islanders. Matt Pajot, exactly. No, that Pajot actually Pajot is a good one, and Sorokin's good, but they are. If we're just excluding the, the teams that like completely Wait, suck, like Josh, Anaheim, didn't you Columbus. Say Vancouver was your second team, Bo Horvat. There we go. Boom. Yeah, go on. Yeah, I never all, really loved All star competition winning Brock Nelson. <laughs> yeah, there's so many look um, at all these options we're throwing we're throwing at you. Look, let's be tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if you disagree. If you look at the top twenty teams in the league, find me one that's more boring to watch than the New York Islanders. Okay, valid. This is the thing. This is the thing though, I will say. Watching Sorokin play is exciting. Once Barzal is cooking, have him seeing he is literally play. just he is literally just like speed lap perimeter player it's hilarious that guy just skates (laughs) around the outside of the zone like thomas tatar against the sens and that one overtime that's all he does for 20 minutes a game josh my disregard for the isles is nowhere near as strong as my hate for the penguins me it's the other way around oh i'm with louie i'm with louie there is no reason that a team led by brock nelson should be going anywhere (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) Brock Nelson and Anders Lee are like their two best goal scorers. Horvath has I'm the most so goals, done with the he's Penguins. He's the most fraudulent dude. 35 goal scorer ever. I'm I don't so hear it. done with the Penguins. They don't. They need to be bad. They but have their the thing, range. I don't care. They're gonna miss. So Pittsburgh, like 
but like we said, Boston's either out in the first round or winning the cup, right? So whatever, whoever makes it in that spot is probably going to lose. I would rather watch Boston Pittsburgh than Boston New York Islanders. Nobody is going to want to watch that. I, I think, don't know. I mean, I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. I aren't the Penguins I, on like a playoff yeah, streak? I would I like that to be aside, broken, please. I would like, like that to be broken. Aside, no, I don't want to reward the Islanders for this boring plot style of play. <laughs> I, they I don't, don't deserve. I don't it. know. I don't get the Islanders hate. Like I get the Islanders hate, but I I think the Penguins are way more hated easily. Josh, I understand. I'm taking what you're Florida saying. and Pittsburgh in my two slots. Hate okay. aside, you're you're okay. <laughs> okay. You're wrong. I my, my biggest reasoning was. Like, I'm not just saying I'd want the Penguins to miss. I would. But I honestly, like, of all the teams, I also think maybe they just do just because they've been so bad recently. Yeah. Pedersen is yeah, still yeah. out. Have... Like, Marcus Pedersen is solid. I don't know when he's coming back, but he's super underrated. Jari like, DeSmith, everyone's wrong, just decides Detroit, to be Chicago, Columbus. I know, but who are they right? playing at the start right now? Like, New Jersey, Minnesota. That's, That's tough. Tough. They lose both. Okay, I so think. let's say they go zero and two there, and then they win their last three. They have ninety-two points. New York, That's the Islanders need six points in four games to pass to stay ahead of them, and the Panthers would need seven and five. And think well, of how bad. Like the Isles are five, four, and one in their last. They've lost two in a row. They're five, four, and one in their last ten. It's not like they're playing great either. And they're playing Tampa on Saturday. I know. Sorry, Tampa the on Penguins Thursday. are going to go two and three and miss barely. Yep. Yeah, that's what I'm one, thinking. One, three, and one. Also, like I think Penguins' defense has just been not ideal this year. Like they, you look at just everything they've been giving up. It's just they're below average in nearly everything. Like whether that's low danger, medium danger, high danger, off the rush. Okay, okay. Here's one thing to consider: Jari has been injured. Yeah, right. Yeah. He's back oh, now. Sure. Yeah. With Jar- with the Smith and that, they're 15, 16, and four. With Jari, they're twenty two, eleven, and six. Fair point. So, like, I, with Jari back point. now, if he can play the last five games, let me see, do they have any back-to-back? They don't have a single back-to-back, so Jari could run the slate here, like, finish off the season. All right. You're talking about a goalie with a 9-10. Like, it's not amazing, but it's enough. Okay, so quickly, wrapping up the East, what's the final playoff matchups? We know we know Toronto-Tampa Bay is one. What are the other matchups? New Jersey-New uh, York. Rangers. Yeah, I think we can agree yeah. on that. I um, think Carolina, Florida. I will agree on that too. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And then we'll disagree. I say Boston, Pittsburgh. You say Boston Islanders. Yeah. Yeah. yeah all right. With that. Okay. Well, we good. agree on three on three. That's not four, bad. Even though one is a lock and two, two, two are pretty much a lock. lock. Yeah. But yeah, we think Florida will take over and get Wildcard one. I kind of hope they beat Ottawa. I, I, they're actually kind of fun. Like I think they're I know. and those Kiki Chuck comments, which we didn't really touch on, were hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that was soft they are. he's sense pilled. I, I Elite um, Sense Brain did talk about this on their pod. Yeah, but but Keith, uh, he loves Brady. He, oh, yeah, favorite child for sure. But anyways, now we can move on to the West. Okay, so so here's the deal in the West. Um, it's no uh, in the Central. Dallas and Minnesota are tied at 98 points. Colorado has 96. Uh, in the Pacific, Vegas 103. LA's got 100, and the Oilers have 99. So those are pretty much set. Um, the wild card is a little bit interesting. There's, there's. I'm going to say, for the sake of argument, I'm going to say there's four teams here in the wild card race. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Seattle, which is the wild card one right now. They have 92. Winnipeg at wild card two, they have 89. 
Calgary's got 87, and the Predators have 84, but they've played one less game. Uh, what are we? Th- so, so first of all, the the uh, the Central. Who's winning the Central? The Central Dallas is wild. Colorado. Wow. Colorado. You know what? Colorado's got two games in hand. Yeah. yeah. On, the, on the Wild and and they're on fire right now. They're eight and two in their last. Time. They have a good schedule, I think, at the end of the at the end of this year right now too. So are you are, you, are you saying both this... in Colorado? Yeah. Wow. Wow. When check out so Winnipeg plays Calgary, which is a big game, obviously. They're yeah. neck and neck. And then Nashville, San Jose, uh, Minnesota, and then Colorado. Whereas Calgary plays Chicago today. Oh, they have to face the Jets on a back to back though. So that's advantage Winnipeg. Um, and then they play the Canucks, the Preds, and the Sharks. So they have a bit of an easier schedule. But yeah. if the Jets win the head to head tomorrow, that's that might be it. Just say Calgary wins beats Chicago today, but then um, Winnipeg wins tomorrow. Winnipeg would be two points up with a game in hand, with yeah. Calgary having three games left to make up two points. Mm-hmm. So that would be tough to make up. I okay, feel like Winnipeg makes it. I would have said Nashville if they didn't lose last game to uh, Dallas. You would have said Dallas. Nashville, really? I, I mean, don't know about that. so they, they would be three points back with the game. Have you hand. seen their I, I know they're roster, not, bro? They oh, yeah, so I, I know, but they're like, it would have been cool to see them make it. Man. They, they literally sold it at the deadline to see them. Yeah, but we're talking about who we think, no, not who we No, want, I know, right? no, I know. Well, like a team with Igor Fantasy of Cody Glass and Phil Tomasino, as much as I like Phil Tomasino as a first line. And he for sure, okay, I'm just going to run through their whole forward court because this is hilarious, all right? First line, Igor Fantasy of Cody Glass, Philip Tomasino, already. Second line, Kiefer Sherwood, Tommy Novak, who's been incredible, by the way. Tommy Novak and, train. Tommy and Novak Luke train. Evangelista, who's also been really solid. But that's their second line somehow. Third line of at least guys that have been in the league longer, uh, but still really not noticeable or not notable. Rasmus Asplund, Colton Sissons, and Yakov Trenin. And then fourth line of John Leonard, Mark Jankowski, and Michael McCarron. Okay. That yeah. is not the fourth right, of a team right, that's right. going to push for playoffs. No yeah. way. I know, I know. I think Winnipeg will make it. Louis, I know you're going to agree. Uh, I honestly think the Flames are going to pass them. The Flames wow. can't win a hockey game. Yeah, I'm not a Flames is, believer. I know. Well, I've given them recently. I'm not a Jets believer. Like, listen. Thankfully, the they Jets won have been four, the Flames so have won four in a row. But as of like Saturday, the Canucks had more wins than the Flames on Saturday. What? Real- yes. Really? The no, Suns have more wins than the Flames, by the way. Yeah. Vancouver's no, not anymore, still, but like last not weekend. Not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Last weekend. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Calgary, Calgary has 15 overtime. Yeah. Up. 15 loser points. Yeah. That's yeah. nuts. Well, they, the thing they, is, they, they can make the points. playoffs with less than 40 wins. Like they could be thirty-nine yeah. wins and be in wild. That's the most. That's, I don't that's think tied that's for fair. San Jose, most in the league. Fifteen. No, but I think points. a lot of it has been bad luck for them. Them and like, uh, Dallas is bad luck. I don't bad care. Luck, Fifteen yes, loser points is fraudulent. Fifteen loser points. They is also a lot. just don't have great goaltending. Markstrom has been. He has an eight ninety. Oh, I'm yeah. aware. Oh, we have goal. this running joke in our fantasy league because everyone, it's like that Tobias meme from Arrested Development where it's like everybody tries to pick up Markstrom at some points. It's like these people keep deluding themselves into thinking it might work when it never does, but it might work for me. There you go. <laughs> never Jacob does. Markstrom. Yeah, never does. Never. So, I think okay. Winnipeg is it. They, look, okay. It's the fact that they get to play Calgary when Calgary's on a back to back, and it's in Winnipeg, by the way. Calgary mm-hmm. has to travel to Winnipeg yeah. from, I mean, from Calgary, not far, but 
they win that game, I think Winnipeg's odds are like 80, 90%, even if Calgary beats Chicago tonight. Yeah. And then, because, yeah. like, look, their next two games are Calgary. If you win that, then you play the Preds and Sharks. You kind of just have to pick up two or three points there, and you're almost set. It's just, like, if Calgary won a couple OT games, I'm obviously picking them, but they've dug themselves a hole by losing. Uh, their OT record is actually two and three. Or, sorry, their shootout record. So they've lost 12 and, games in OT. And it should be noted that I don't actually know if this is how it works anymore, but the the our regulation overtime wins tiebreaker, they would lose by a landslide against Calgary. Yeah, Winnipeg is 42. It's regulation wins only. Okay. Uh, not real. Oh, yeah, regulation. Anymore. Yeah, okay. But yeah. so the score, I'm looking on the score, they don't show regulation wins. They still they do show on Rowe, here. But I have it here. On, on okay, NHL. it's 42 so, 34 for Row. Yeah, so Winnipeg, Winnipeg has 33 regulation wins and Calgary has 29. Yeah, okay. So, they, so if Calgary were to catch up to that, they would probably make it regardless because that would imply they would five, like probably five games to Winnipeg's one. Yeah. Something like that, right? Just to tie it. So we're just going to have to say the tiebreaker goes to Winnipeg. So Calgary's going to have to pass Winnipeg in points. Yeah. Which, oh, right. again, if they can pull out a win tomorrow, then that makes it so much tougher. So, so are we saying are we confident Winnipeg. that are we saying Seattle's locked in at number one in the, in the wild? Yeah. Right yeah. There? yeah. Game yeah. in hand, five points ahead. Okay. I guess three of Winnipeg, but so okay. So here's okay. So let's get we'll get back to the second wild card in a sec. Seattle's gonna be first wild card in the central. We have are we saying Colorado is winning the central or is that a are we are we yeah, saying that? I think yeah, so. I think we are. So that means I mean, they that got Dallas two games Minnesota in hand is gonna be back. is gonna be a matchup then. If you're are saying, we saying Minnesota sweep. Oh, not again. I just want to say. I just want to say we predicted the St. Louis sweep. We were wrong, but we were right that St. Louis sucked. They yeah, are that's yeah. true. Word, word. Big fact. Um, okay, so Colorado. Mm-hmm. So, so the Central is going to be Colorado, and then Dallas, Minnesota is going to be a matchup. I think in the Dallas, Pacific, yeah. and I think wait, who do we think gets home? Ice? I think Minnesota. Dallas, Dallas plays Philly, Vegas, Detroit, St. Louis, St. Louis. Oh wow! Okay. okay. Minnesota okay. plays Pittsburgh, St. Louis, Chicago, Winnipeg, Nashville. That's not great that's either. Still. Yeah, yeah, that's not great I, either. The thing I is, know. I will say Dallas has the regulation win tiebreaker by like three regulation wins. Okay, maybe but go with that. Dallas has three. I, I, I don't know. I, I still think I'm gonna go. I still think I'm gonna go Minnesota. Minnesota has two home games. Team. I think Dallas has, especially Dallas given has. how much Boldy's been cooking recently. And yeah, Gustafson. Well, yeah. yeah. Okay, we're not. We're not talking about that. But but they, either way, Let's... either way, the matchup is gonna be Minnesota Dallas and. Is what we're yeah, saying. That's in the our prediction. And they yeah. should get uh, so in the, okay. back eventually. In the, Pacific, in the Pacific, Vegas is is winning. So all three of these teams, Vegas, LA, Edmonton, have played the same amount of games. Vegas is three points up on LA, who are one point up on Edmonton. Do you do you think that order stays, or do you think Edmonton gets home ice in that? To... I think Edmonton gets home ice. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. LA, so they're playing each other tonight. So that's yeah. gonna be a big game. Um, yeah. and then it's and, and Edmonton has the uh regulation wins tiebreaker over LA. Oh, wow, that's not even close. I've yeah. been, a, I've been, I know, um, Dom, the athletic writer on Twitter, had the same opinion as me like a month ago that I thought LA was kind of like a fake good team. They were like negative goal differential while being first in their division for a while, but they've been really good lately ever since they got a goalie. Corpus has been decent, I think. Well, they, I, it's I, not think, just I, I think Edmonton's Allo. better. It's been... They've been, yeah, like, I know. They have been a recently. Good it's been no, 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 but like goalie wise, I mean, they've had like a steady oh. on and off rotation between him and Copley. 
yeah but probably. recently it's been more it's been more corpusalo and yes he has been excellent yeah, yeah. i i'm not as big on la as i think other people are like i think they're a playoff team but i think edmonton's better but I think once McDavid's they get winning, Velarde and Fiala back into the lineup, and Mikey Anderson, I guess, too, because those guys have been out for a little bit. I, I know they're technically yeah, today, but true. they've been out for a while. I, ref- I refuse to believe that Connor McDavid is losing in round one this year. Especially to, like, like he's been good, but to Jonas Corpusala of all yeah. people. Like, I don't think Corpusala is a goalie that's going to stone McDavid 12 times a game. This like, guy is unreal. He's literally this better literally every year. The first round, like last year, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I got me. I have also, like, LA's got a deep decor, and they got Gavrikov, but I don't think Gavrikov is stopping McDavid on the rush. We were talking <laughs> yeah, about okay, the rush Anderson defense lights. when. Okay. All right, all right. Let's calm <laughs> down. Okay. Oh <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I feel like Edmonton would take that. We can all actually predict that next week. Maybe the, the matchup tonight will sway us a bit. But yeah. in terms of like home ice, I feel like Edmonton passes LA in the last couple of games. They have the tiebreaker. Yep. They can win tonight. The game is in LA, to be fair, but Edmonton is favored by betting odds on the road. So you can make of that what you will. And they are 9 0 1 in their last I was time, just about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's get the official predictions here. Uh, we've been dragging this on. So, so, so yeah, Edmonton LA. Matchups. So it's going to be Edmonton LA and it's going to be Minnesota Dallas. It looks like Vegas is go- has more points than Colorado will get. I think yes. they're going to win yeah. the West. So they will be playing wild card too. Are we saying that that is going to be Nashville, Calgary, or Winnipeg? I'm going to say Winnipeg. And I don't think that would be a terrible series. I'm going to agree. I'm going to agree with Josh. Winnipeg. Yeah. You know what? Then... For the sake of having Winnipeg Vegas revenge, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I obviously it won't happen, but I'm... having a chance at it is it. So we're saying Calgary is not making it and they're not going to win the cup, yeah. win the cup, win the cup, lift it up. I'm is not... that what we're saying? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. And I'm not going to oh, lie. No. Our last prediction, again, we'll predict the actual outcomes next week, but I think Colorado Seattle could be an onslaught. Like, I think Colorado could absolutely destroy 886 martin jones in the first round yeah but again we'll, we'll talk about it next week but that is our la- our final matchup prediction colorado will face seattle okay so just one. just to recap that it's gonna be colorado seattle vegas winnipeg dallas minnesota la edmonton are gonna for be our the predictions west. For, for our is predictions it, yeah. those are our <laughs> yeah. series predictions so those were the west in the east we'll just go over this one more time toronto tampa bay is set we had the devils and the rangers uh carolina is going to play uh well there was a split there we it was it was like no no, florida that was florida yeah and then boston it was either pittsburgh or the islanders but depending on pittsburgh louis has the island who do you have adam you tie break for the zoop cast i'm gonna say uh i uh i'm gonna say i'm gonna say islanders yeah i thought so yeah i'm gonna say islanders i don't like the pain i don't i don't want the penguins to make it i don't even i'm not even saying that we are such haters don't like it yeah anyway um so okay, so we'll see, and and uh, obviously none of these predictions matter because the Sens will make it. So yeah, it's they're fine. gonna actually finish first in the Atlantic. Just let's just play a quick game here. If the Sens win out in their last oh, five God. games, <laughs> Louis, shut up. If the Sens win out, how much they have five games left, right? Yes, they okay. would need Pittsburgh get to get less than four points, and Florida to get less than five, and Buffalo to get less than nine. The fact I, that we're I like, only I like six points eyes. out is kind of miraculous, given how bad we've been playing. <laughs> That's what yeah, I, okay, I sent the tweet out the other day. And everything. The Sens have used seven friggin' goalies this year, and they're only six points out of a playoff spot. That's outrageous. That is, I think that's outrageous. And they're but actually anyway. winning. It's not like they're like loser points. Like they're actually winning like 
right? It's not like you yeah, know, they've yeah, won yeah. like thirty games and they have seventeen loser points, like. And and also, I think I think Pittsburgh is should miss because they have a negative goal differential. So, get right after they win a couple games to end the year. Okay, we're gonna end it on that. <laughs> um, that was uh, that was those were our our series predictions or of you know who's gonna make the playoffs. We'll see next week. I think we'll do a, a better one, <laughs> one than when it's set. Um, and we'll we'll get uh, and you know what we'll see how the Sens do here to end the year. I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs, but I think it'll be fun. I'm excited to see Sokolov and Marilyn, and we'll see if anyone else gets called up. Um, enjoy the last. Well, okay, Louis, I see you, the the face you're making. We'll, we'll you're the one who simmer. said it. I didn't say shit. Yeah, we'll s- simmer down, you. simmer down. Um, anyway, it's uh it's been a fun year. We'll see how they ended off. A lot of off season content yeah. we got planned coming your way. So stick around and. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in and uh, have a wonderful rest of your day. Take care, everybody. Bye.